Welcome to In The Telling, a podcast that highlights amazing Black family stories from everyday people like you. I'm Miranda. And I'm Steven. And together we are the co-founders of the Nomadic Archivist Project, an initiative that partners for organizations, institutions, and individuals to establish, preserve, and enhance collections that explore the African diasporic experience. You see, families are universes unto themselves, and they are complex and complicated. Love stories, rivalries, naming practices, absences, stories about migrations, pain, surprise, and forgiveness. If we are fortunate, we learn our past from those who lived it. Often it's by our own efforts and labors to uncover pieces of truth about our own family history. This is what we will explore in this bi-monthly podcast. People sharing stories about their families and how they came to learn them. So join us as we journey with you on In the Telling. We thought that we would open up this first podcast with just talking a little bit about our own experiences with digging into our genealogy and trying to trace um, or understand the story of specific individuals from our family. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. So Stephen, I'm really interested to hear. I've, I've worked with Stephen for the past 10 years. Um, we both worked at the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture um, for about seven of those years. And now we have an initiative together. So I know a lot about Stephen. I know a lot about his family and his past, um, but not, I, you know, you always think, you know, a lot about people, um, but there's always so much more. Right. And so, um, Mm -hmm. I know Mm -hmm. that your relationship with your mother and your mother's history has always been a big part of your life. And I know Mm -hmm. Stephen has also been working with my mother, who is a genealogist and has been a genealogist for the last 40 years to sort of continue to dig into his mother's history. So what's awesome about you asking me about my mother is because I feel like our mothers are connected now because your mom, who's been a genealogist forever, who found some things out about my mom that I find very interesting in our history. So, but I want to say, I'll start by saying her name is Elaine Ellen Houston. She was born in 1940 and she passed away uh, breast cancer in 1997. As an, as a kid, I was very close to my mother. Um, she had five children. I'm number three. I'm the first boy. And she um, was just a wonderful person to me. She's a very outgoing, thoughtful, creative. And most recently, I met some folks who knew her when she was a young mother who, and she uh, was described as the woman on the block who brought everybody together at the house. So she was a, a gatherer. And I feel like I got that quality from her. I like bringing people together in my home and feeding them and 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 you know that is very true for you, Steve. Very much. I love <laughs> you know, I love that. You love a it's good interesting gathering. I love a good gathering and I love a good solitude. So I have it both ways. I really like it. But um I want to say this about um genealogy is that I started out researching my family's history in my twenties, but it was unknowingly in a way because <laughs> I don't know why I did this, Miranda, but 
I guess it was because I was taking a lot of literature classes, specifically black literature, more more specifically um, black women's literature. And so I was interviewing my mother for a project I was doing at the time on that I thought was going to be a book on black women in Toledo. <laughs> and so that interview, which went on for about an hour, you know, I basically became an oral history for my mom. I, you know, talked about, you know, asked her about where she grew up, you know, her siblings, mm -hmm. what was her life like in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, when she got married, you know, and after that, and the kinds of things she did. And so she was very um, open and honest, and she talked about raising kids, um, religion, politics. My mother wasn't, she was a Democrat, but she was conservative on the conservative side. <laughs> Um, and she grew up Lutheran. She went to church with her um, her grandmother, Beulah O'Neill, who was also, who's from the South, actually. She's what was what was your grandmother's name? Oh, Beulah Beulah, Beulah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've seen two pictures of Beulah, and they both have, she has this austere look on her face. They're both black and white pictures. The first picture, she's actually in a, um, my mother's and father's wedding, my parents' wedding picture standing in the back with her purse, looking very serious. Um, mm -hmm. Another picture I saw with um, two unidentified people, but I've always loved her and I have a picture of her on my altar. And so um, my mother was born in Toledo. She died in Toledo. And around 1989, when I was 23, I was doing research for the book. She sat in what was my second apartment in Toledo. I was going to um, undergrad school at the University of Toledo. And I was talking with her about her life. and. Again, my mother was really outgoing. She um, divorced my father in 1986, but she left him in 85. And so she um, was always someone looking for something creative to do with her life. Wonderful reader, wonderful thinker, um, loved Stephen King. And I remember watching my mother read these little, you know, go from horror to romance books. So. There are all these pink and lilac books in the house, stacks of them, you know? I was like, my mother was a voracious reader. Did you ever um, read with your mom? No, but we both liked Langston Hughes. We both liked James Baldwin and Maya Angelou. So I liked that part of it. Um, but she always encouraged me to read and write. And she was very um, supportive of any um, idea I had basically to take, you know, mom, I'm gonna be a singer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, whatever. Well, it turns out that I'm not a singer but she was supportive anyway. <laughs> um, and so the thing, one of the things I discovered about my mother was that she um, went to school and she went to, um, she attended um, Libby High School, which is on the South side of Toledo, which is not very far from our childhood home. We're not very far from where she grew up on Avondale in Toledo, Ohio. So my mother went to school from 1955 to 1959. And so the weird thing is that that's five years, right? Mm -hmm. So 1955, she was a freshman, 1956. But she started she out young. She was 15 when she started in college. Well, that's interesting, right? Because she was born December 28th, 1940. Yeah, 1940. So she, she started around that time. But in 1957, there is no record of her attending Libby or any school. And it's something that I do when I go back to Toledo is to look for any traces of my mother during in 1957. 
and a great deal of her relatives and people who knew her have passed away. So no one can really tell me um, what happened around that time. Okay. Um, so, but then she, the following year, 1958, she is a, she's a junior in high school. And then she graduates in 1959. <laughs> um, and in 1961, January 1961, she actually marries my father, who uh, was originally from Louisiana and Arkansas. And he actually came to Toledo to stay with relatives before heading out to California. We met my mom and decided to marry her. They decided to get married and stay. they stayed in Toledo. But... Um, but I'm still thinking about what happened in 1957 and I'm determined to find out um, by just so, trying to find people. Hmm? Yeah. So, so what have you, so, so right now, you know, that's a missing year. So, yes. And, and so what have you done? Have you looked into, what are your thoughts first? What, what do you, where was she? What do you think she was during that time period? Oh, I have some thoughts. I have um, some theories. One theory I have is that she might have gotten ill. Mm -hmm. And maybe stayed out that year for some reason. Okay. Another thought is that she might have gotten pregnant. Who would she have stayed have... with if she if she was ill? That's a very good question. Um, because I don't know a lot about my mother's family, because a lot of them came south. Her father, her grandfather, these people came from the south, in Tennessee, as a matter of fact. So um, you've heard the story that a young girl from the north would get pregnant and then be sent down south. Right. <laughs> Right. So that's still um, in my head. In fact, I'm actually about to reach out to one of her cousins who's 84 years old and still living in Toledo, mm. um, who is active in city council, who may be able to help me find out more. Um, I think my thoughts around it are, other than just what might have happened, is that it may be hard to penetrate that that whomever has those that knowledge it may be just oh, you don't need to know that that's none of your business kind of thing mm -hmm. and so i'm worried that people who may have that knowledge i've talked to one of her cousins before and she goes she didn't really she wasn't old enough to know right <laughs> if anything happened she wasn't my mom's age um and then there are other people who were just like you know her, like her younger sister she doesn't know either um and so I'm just trying to be patient and I've done some research other than the yearbooks. I'm simply just trying to track my mother through other means, which is kind of hard as young black woman in Toledo, Ohio, you know, what kind of records exist for that. So, um, schools one, obviously, Yeah. but unless she was in the paper for some reason, she wouldn't come up in the paper, which is an unfortunately not indexed at this point. Um, well, if she was ill, and she was still in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Then there may be records of her going to the hospital. So there are a few hospitals in um, Toledo, and one of them is Riverside, where I was born in 1966. And so that's one of the, um, I'm trying to track down any medical records from that time. And it's kind of hard because even though I, um, there's some, there are some stipulations on some medical records, um, and I don't, um, I haven't gotten into it that well. But I remember working as an archivist that some medical records were sealed and they were not available to anyone. Right, this or is true. They would be destroyed. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so it's it's a mixed bag. I've actually seen some medical records open 
to some people, but you have to get consent. They're almost similar to school records, right? You know, you have to get consent for them. And so. Well, I know you've also done DNA testing, right? I've done DNA testing with my dad and myself. Yes. Yes. And so if you did have a sibling out there, a half sibling, and they took a DNA Ooh. test, you might come up with a match that way. But that's, that would be awesome. Right. And that so, would be awesome. but that would obviously require that person to be interested in something like that. And that's hard to, that's hard Absolutely. to predict. So um, I'm on Ancestry.com right now, but I'm also about to do 23andMe soon. So yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about that prospect. And so what about your um, father though? I mean, he, he's somebody that, I would think who married her just a couple of years after this missing year, that he would have knowledge, intimate knowledge of what happened during that time period. That's a good, that's a very good question. Um, my dad is 80 and he's actually, um, he suffers from some mental, uh, some um, memory loss. Okay. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not solely, he doesn't remember things. So sometimes things pop up. Um, I've joked with him and said, mom didn't go to school in 1957. There's no record of it, but he, he didn't really like nothing in his face registered as, Oh my God, he knows none of that. But what I like doing is taking that question back again and again to see, you know, well, you've never asked him directly, up. right? You've never asked him directly. Not directly. Just I just her... told him that he didn't go to school in 1957. Right. Do you think if you so, asked him directly, there's a possibility. Is there a He's reason been why fairly open not? with me. Is there a reason why it didn't not? occur to me because he wasn't around? Okay. That's th my thought was that he wasn't there, so um, he wasn't in Toledo at that time, and that even though it he married her four years later, it didn't occur to me that he would know anything about it. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. But thank you for that. Yeah. That didn't even occur to me. So I'm, I'm because, you know, I don't know. I mean, with my dad um, as well, if I don't ask him something directly, he doesn't tell me, even if I sort of hint at it. Um, I don't mm. know what it is. <laughs> I have no idea what it is, but I have to be direct. And then, and, and then when he tells me finally something, um, you know, I'm kind of, uh, you know, frustrated with the situation. He's like, well, you didn't ask me. <laughs> I'm like, and but you knew why you knew I wanted to know. And you'll be like, mm. you know, and so I don't know. Sometimes yeah. if it's not a painful ask, it might be mm -hmm, better to mm -hmm. just directly ask to see if it jogs his you, memory. I think that's a really good question because yeah, my, my brain just went, oh, he wouldn't know. Mm -hmm, <clears throat> he mm -hmm. wasn't there. And I immediately went to her family members, right? The remaining family members. There were seven siblings. Her parents have, are, have long been deceased, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. died in 66 and 67. And her siblings, there are only three left and they're the youngest siblings. And so I asked her the most, you know, the sister, um, if she knew anything, she said no. Okay. So. But thanks for that. I'm going to ask my dad just straight up and said, do you remember this? Do you know anything about this? And did um, your mom leave any journals or letters or anything like that? No, nothing like that. Okay. No, uh, the majority of the stuff I have related to my mom are things, are photographs, the interview that I did with her, and things like resumes and, of course, our funeral program. 
um, those kinds of things. So it's not a lot of um, primary resources related to my mom. And every time I find something or someone finds something, they gra- gratefully they give it to me and it becomes that's a part nice. of my archive. Yeah, that's nice. Mm-hmm, very much so. And I'm guessing that you've documented too, just thinking about your memories with your mom. Oh, absolutely. No, I've read, so I think the night that my mother passed away, I was actually living in Atlanta at the time and I was attending graduate school at Clark Atlanta University. And I had a feeling my mother was sick, but I did not know the severity of her sickness. So when she was admitted and she was in hospice, I still couldn't like process it, you know, I guess, because maybe I didn't want to think that my mother was on the verge of passing away. Mm. And so when she, um, when my dad called, actually, no, my sister called earlier that day and said, mom is in hospital. She's not doing very well. And I was like, oh, okay. And I called maybe five minutes after she passed. And my father said, well, how did you know? How did you know? And I was like, I didn't know. I just had a feeling. And immediately after the phone call, you know, I'm crying and everything, but I go over to my desk and I just write her a letter. And from there on out, I wrote, and this was 1997, January 1997. It was actually a day before my um, 30th, 31st birthday. I'm sorry, what, what, was the, what was the date? January 14th, 1997. 97, okay. And some of the public records actually say she died on my birthday, but I was like, no, she actually died a day before. Um, Oh my but goodness. from then, yeah, but from then, um, then on, I have written about her in poems. I've written short stories about her, memories, some um, pictures. I've taken pictures of her that evoke certain kinds of memories. But I, I luxuriate in my mother's memory. I, she's one mm-hmm. of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. She taught me how to fly. She was that person who would say, go ahead and try it. You know, she was, be careful, but she never discouraged me. And she was... Um, I like listening to my mother. My mother told me a lot of stories when I was a kid. One of my favorite stories is she would tell us we had, she loved cats. So she would say, oh, you know, we had cats. We had a black cat. It was called Blackie. We had a brown cat called mm-hmm. Brownie. We had an orange cat called, I was like, let me guess, orangey. <laughs> I was like, it all seems like it's kind of basic, mom. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And she got along with most everybody. And I noticed that um, there was a store near us, a Kroger's, one of the Kroger's, um, a grocery store. My mother would park in the parking lot and she had five kids. So she'd take one or two of us into the store and leave the rest of us roasting in a hot car in the parking lot. I would see my mother get to the front of the store, be stopped by somebody and would be talking. Of course, like, you know, a minute is like a thousand years for a kid in a burning hot car. <laughs> um, you're like, oh, mom, just come out, please. And then she get a little further into the store and we see her stopped again. And you know, I'm a Lane's boy. That's her name. And I, when I go back to Tiddle, I'm a Lane's boy. Aren't you a Lane's boy? You know, and I like being a Lane's boy. I like that woman, you know. Mm. I liked um having the opportunity to share some earth time with her. Um and sometimes I dream about her, you know. So I feel very um fortunate that the last words I said to my mom before she passed were, we will always have a connection. And at that time, it occurred to me that part of me knew she was passing, maybe, but I didn't know. You know, I didn't know consciously, but looking back on it, I think about how um, that phrase resonates with me today. 
and how, like I said, just how fortunate I am to have known a loving mother. Right. Did you also share with your mother that you were gay? Oh yeah. 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 I was very fortunate that, um, I love saying fortunate, I guess. My mom was pretty open and this is how it happened. So I came out like most people do in iterations. And so I came out first to some friends and then to my siblings. And then one day I'm in the car with my mom and I said, mom, I need to tell you something and I hope you don't freak out. And she's like, okay. And I told her I'm gay. And she goes, okay, well, I still love you. And I drove off with her in the car and we just drove (laughs) and continued our day. It was very, very, very quick and very, um, I guess, very painless. And also I expected more, not necessarily drama, but just more questions and none of that. She's like, oh, okay, well, I love you. And that was it. (laughs) You know how people say they know before they, they know, but they're waiting for the kid to tell them. I think it was one of those things. I do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I definitely, definitely love that you told your mother that you will always have a connection. And I feel like you continuing to try to understand her. Oh, yeah. 20 years after her, after she's been gone. Speaks volumes to that. Her her presence presence. is felt. Well, Stephen, I really appreciate you sharing your story about your mom. Um, Yours too. Thank you. Thank you. And um, she does seem like she was a pretty remarkable woman. Yeah. Um, And I know I've seen her picture and I've seen likenesses of her. and so I have thought about her a lot as well throughout the years, through knowing you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely excited to continue to explore more uh, about your past and about the things you're thinking of. And um, very much looking forward to talking with our guests uh, about what their experiences have been like. I have a feeling that um, everybody is going to be bringing something pretty amazing to the conversation. I I completely agree. And with that, I mean, that's it for our first week, our first episode of In the Telling. I wanna thank you guys for listening and we hope that you'll join us again in two weeks. You can find In the Telling wherever you get your podcast. And so on behalf of Miranda and I, um, take care and have a good day.